All right, guys, welcome back to another Wrestling Inc. podcast. It's called The Wrestling Perspective. He's Petey Williams. What's going on, buddy? Oh, nothing much, Dennis. What's going on? And I'm Dennis Farrell. And not much. I'll say this. I probably had the coolest experience of my life. I'm not sure if you've ever had a cool experience like me, but I got to hang out backstage at a wrestling show. Uh, you know, I uh, I do that all the time. So, I mean, oh, yeah, it's, it's kind of cool. You know what? And it's because of you I got to do this. Uh, you and I went to a Ring of Honor show here in Detroit, Michigan. And yep. I've hung out in NFL football locker rooms, MLB baseball locker rooms, not as a hobby, by the way, just for work. It's not like I wake up and say, you know what? I'm just going to go hang out in locker rooms all day. But this has to be some of the coolest things I've ever done. So thank you very much. That you're very welcome. I mean, uh, I, I never really hung out backstage in like NFL or MLB or anything like that. So, I mean, is it is it a lot different? Like, would... no. It you know what? It would be exactly the way you think. A couple groups over here, a couple groups of guys over there talking, hanging out, um, you know, talking about their craft, playing catch, working out their matches. Uh, it was. It was kind of exactly what I thought it would be, but at the same time, a little intimidating too. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, if you've never been there before, you, you're pretty much meeting everybody for the first time. A lot of guys you, I guess, you know, maybe grew up watching or saw them on TV uh, and watched them or something like that. And I mean, there was a couple of guys that, you know, I met for the first time that, you know, that I, I've never actually, like I watched them on TV, but I never really actually you know, met them. Who was the one guy you were, I don't want to say excited or impressed to meet, but who was the one guy you met going, ha, I like that kid. Um, like not, well, not at the ROH show, but I'm, I'm trying to think that's a good question. Um, you, we're going to have to come back to that one. Okay. Because I, I feel like I have a good answer. Um, because I, I remember having that feeling before. Like, man, me, me and this guy are going to get along great. But I'm just, I'm just trying to think of who it was with. It's happened a few times. Um, uh, you know, we'll have to come back to that one. So uh, I was, like, right off the bat, I was shaken to the bone. And, and here's why. That's why your hands were in your pocket, right? So people, <laughs> people can see your hands shaking. Boy, listen. Uh, if you believe the internet community and everything you read, the first guy to meet right off the bat would not have been Bubba Ray Dudley or Bully Ray, whatever he goes by nowadays. Yeah. yeah. That, that's the first guy. Like, we walk, he's like, Petey, come here. Yeah. <laughs> you, have, you, have, you have his accent down? I'm working on it. I'm yeah. working on it. He's like, what, what's going on, buddy? You guys were talking and, you know, you, you knew each other. And it was great to be that fly on the wall. And at the end of the conversation, he looks over. He's like, I know you. I'm like, nah, you, you don't know me. He's like, yeah, yeah, I know you. I'm like, oh, please don't be somebody you hate or yeah. like like the uh, internet troll that you want to whoop his at, uh, butt or something. And he's yeah. like, no, 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 you've got that face. I know you from somewhere. I'm like, Petey, tell this guy he does not know me. That's what it was. And then I said, uh, <laughs> I said, you know, I, I talked about your, your, your podcast with the fantasy football and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, then he. He, he could not have seemed more uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? Because he, he gave some fun shit about it to me 
oh, fantasy boobs and whatever. But he could have been like, fantasy football, what? He's... Yeah, I mean, he's not into fantasy sports, whatever. I mean, uh, not absolutely. everybody is. Um, but yeah, So, I mean, I, that's what I would think where he would know you from, and he didn't, so maybe you just have one of those faces. Who knows? But it scared me, because have you ever been mistaken for somebody, and and they're like, yeah, I don't really like that guy, but man, do you remind me, of, or, or they look at you and they're like, Hey, uh, are you Mark? Oh God, I want to whoop his butt. And you're like, no, not at all. Yeah, I I don't know if I have, but I remember Scott Demore when he initially started training me. Mm-hmm. Not initially, it was probably like a year in. I, I I don't know how long it was. And he's watching me in the ring, and you know I was one of his favorite students, so you, you can't throw that past him. But uh, he turned to somebody, whoever I, I think like Jeffrey Scott, he was the referee, um, and we're just training, and he goes, you know. There's something about Petey's face. You just want to punch it. I'm like, what? dude, what? I'm like, I'm so, why? Like, I'm, I don't even do anything. I'm just standing here. He's like, I don't know. You have that face where I just want to punch it. It's Canadian. Jeez. It's because you're Canadian. I guess. Well, he's Canadian too. I don't like. I mean, I don't know. Maybe hockey was on in the background. And he wanted to throw down. I don't know. We need to stop Canadian on Canadian crime. <laughs> Canadian on Canadian crime. Yeah, that's it's an epidemic there in Canada. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to have to start a new podcast for that. I'm sure there's not one. There probably is one for it. But I will say, nicest guy, Bubba Ray or Bully, as I said, mm-hmm. he was very nice, very engaging. I I was, you know, because as I said before, you, you read what the internet says. And, of course, I didn't ask him for anything because nobody wants to be the guy when they're working you know, when they're in their environment working with the doors shut, they go, hey, can you take a picture? Can I have an autograph? Nobody wants to be that guy. And I certainly was not that guy. Yeah, and I mean, you did – see, there there is a locker room etiquette. Mm-hmm. Um, and I made a lot of mistakes in the past, but I was never taught it. I was never like – you know, Demore never explained to me, like, this is how you act. This I kind of had to learn it on my own. But I know, like, for example, Truth Martini – uh, who used to be, you know, manager at Ring of Honor. Um, one time he asked me, he, he has a school as well, and he asked me, he's like, hey, can you speak at my first class? Usually I have some guys talk about some things, some established guys, and, and you know, talk to the new um, students. And I said, sure. And truth, I mean, the first class, and it's not like this at the Moore School because he doesn't have a beginning and an end class. You kind of just start when you're ready to start, and you, you, you learn you go through all the steps of training and stuff like that, but it's not a begin and finish. Mm-hmm. Truth had that. He had like three or four a year and he would talk everything about like locker room etiquette, everything. And I wish, I really wish when I first stepped foot in the wrestling world, I had that little lecture. Um, and you know, I, I didn't give that to you just because I, it just, you don't think about being a wrestler. You don't think about it. You right. just act like you normally act the etiquette that's, expected of you in the locker room but you did very well like after like you know halfway through before we went out for dinner and stuff like that i'm like i'm like dude you did good you're not asking anybody for autographs or anything like that or, or marking out like i mean that's that's perfect they they would have thought that you've been in the business before or been around backstage before when really you haven't and not at all that was the first time i've ever been to a show in that capacity that was really amazing but it was hard there were a couple times like I, it wasn't so hard with Bubba Ray just because he would be the guy to ask and he'd go, who are you? Get out of here. You, you know, yeah. and, you, and you feel stupid and you go, well, I'm going to sit in my car, Pete, and wait for you. 
Yeah. Um, and I mean, I, I don't. And that's not to say anything bad yeah. about him. He's in his environment. He's trying to work. He's watching the guys. He's getting ready. The last thing, you know, you want to do at your job is stop to take a picture and autograph for the 1,000th time that day. Uh, uh, exactly. I mean, exactly. Yeah. I, I know exactly what you mean. Um, and, and, you know, I've been in that backstage area or scenario, I should say, where I've met guys for the first time. And, you know, I normally say, you know, hey, Petey, nice to meet you. Like you normally say. Mm-hmm. And I've had guys come back years later, like years, and I'm good friends with them. And they're like, man, when I first met you, I thought you were a dick. And I'm like, what? Why? Like, what, what did I do to you? They're like, nothing. You were just like, you, you just came off as standoffish. Like, you were so quiet and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't realize that for the first little bit of my career where, you know, when, when I'm when I'm backstage, I'm, I'm there to work. I, I, have, I have to get in the zone, you know, and I have to, like, think about things and scenarios, things that could possibly go wrong in the match or match. Everything, like every movement, that's just how I, I place things together in my head, like possibilities, all that kind of stuff. So I'm in the zone. So if somebody feels like I'm being quiet, so I'm being a dick, I'm not. I'm just, I'm just like there to work. And then usually once I'm done my match, that's when I let loose and just like kind of relax and I'll more schmooze and talk with the guys and all that kind of stuff. And it's just because, you know, you don't, you, when you're a professional, you, you got a job to do. What was the one locker room etiquette mistake you made, or just one that that might have kind of got oh, you in trouble man. with the boys? I don't know. I think uh, I knew not to do this, but <laughs> it, it was for my buddy, my, like my old uh, roommate. Um, I've only had like two roommates in my entire life, mm-hmm. uh, and each of them are probably one was for like six months, and another one was for like uh, I don't know like four or five months and then he, he was a big fan of icp okay and i'm like okay so i'm gonna be on a show with him next week and this is this is back i don't know back when uh, uh what was the promo i think it was called like mcw no maximum pro wrestling or something like that it was short-lived but they had some they had really good shows and uh you know he say hey can you get these uh concert tickets signed for me and i'm like Sure. Right. I'll see what I can do. And they weren't doing anything. They were just like chilling backstage. Didn't look like they were into anything. And then I asked them to sign it. They're like, oh, yeah, dude, absolutely. You know, because it's probably cool for them, for a wrestler asking them to sign something when it comes to music. Oh, you know, is, just like yeah. I think it's cool. Like ICP is like, like PD, we're such a big fan. I, I think that's cool because they're musicians. It's a different type of field, you know. So it's not like I went up to a wrestler. It was like I, I went up to. ICP and it was more for so for my buddy and uh got tickets signed but then Demore saw that he's like what what did I tell you about and I'm like dude you've never told me anything because I never do this you know like mm-hmm. <laughs> but I was like sorry Scott you know but so yeah that's I mean that, that that's it's, it's not even a big mistake that seems hokey like I yeah. could see if they were in the middle of doing something you walked but at least for you just, you just don't do it like that that's supposed to be a safe haven the backstage area but you know what i mean it's kind of all gone i, I mean i've had wrestlers where i've went to indie shows and they usually wait till my match is done and stuff mm-hmm. but then they're like hey can i get a picture with you and like i just wrestled like they wrestled the match before me you know what i mean so 
I don't have a problem with it. I mean, if you want a picture with me, my autograph, whatever. It's, but old school locker medicate. You're not supposed to do it. Um, that's that's just the way it is. You know, there, there's certain etiquette that's gone too. I mean, back in the day, you had to do this worker's handshake, which is like this really light handshake. It's it's that's dead. You don't even do it anymore. And it was meant to be like when you go in for the handshake and you do it light, especially if you're that's your opponent for the night that just means like hey i'm gonna take i know this guy's gonna take care of me because he's shaking my hand light it's just what they did but that's all gone now it's like a business handshake you know and you probably saw me give a bunch of guys the you know handshake with the bro hug and all that kind of stuff right so it's it's kind of a lot of the etiquette's gone let's see what else stuck out for me uh during this ring of honor which by the way first ring of honor show i was very impressed Oh yeah, this is your first one. Yeah, yeah, I, standing room only, right? Yep. The we you yeah, know, we went more to meet your buds, hang out and talk to them than really mm-hmm. for the show. We stuck around for a, a ton of matches, and I was really impressed with that small atmosphere and how they made it feel big. Yeah, that that cr- Ring of Honor crowd is, you know, I don't like to compare it to the ECW crowd, but they're they're into their product. They know the product. You know, and I'm kind of out of touch with the newer guys coming in, working their way up in Ring of Honor. A lot of these guys, I, I don't know their names um, just because I've been out of touch with it. And but the crowd, though, like they, they do their whatever little gimmick they have they're mm-hmm. the crowd's doing it with them. And they, they know everybody and they're really, really into the product. And that just as a wrestler, you appreciate it so much because it makes you want to work harder. Like we, we feed off of that energy of the crowd. That that was yeah. Uh, you and I, we went out for dinner. We come back uh, after the Motor City Michigan's match, which was very good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if you you saw this, and I think you kind of turned around and saw saw. So as we're cutting through this grassy area, because they were kind of outside cooling down, and they shot mm-hmm. a promo against the back of this truck. So oh, yeah. as as I'm as you walk through, you walk right behind the guy that's that's taking the doing the filming, mm-hmm. and then as I walk by, like the heels like show up around me, and I'm like, oh crap, I'm in the middle of something, aren't I? And I'm trying <laughs> to dodge because there's nothing worse than being at the wrong place at the wrong time on accident, like yeah. like clueless, and I'm standing and. and I'm just trying to move around. So I step as far back as possible and I'm just staying away from everything. You're off talking. And then like eight seconds later, you know, they, they jump in and start pounding the motor city machine guns in their promo. And I'm just like, well, that, that was pretty cool. But I was the almost the idiot that screwed that up. Yeah. And I will. <laughs> Thanks. That, Pete. that was the second take. Anyways, the first take they forgot to run in, but I mean, whatever. <laughs> Um, I don't know if you caught that, but I, I caught didn't. that because I I've been in that backstage scenario so many times where I'm like I know where they're shooting, mm-hmm. I see I know who's coming in, all that kind of stuff. Like I just I just read the scenario and I knew exactly where to walk so that I wasn't interrupting anything. Where you were probably like, oh, we're going this way. Whoa, I totally went the wrong way. Yep. <laughs> hey, who's the idiot walking through? <laughs> yeah, that's me. You just see your head if you walked in front of the camera. Just see your head like right in the shot. Right. I kind of wish they would have pounded me for that. Yeah. <laughs> Baby faces and heels unite, and then just beat the crap out of this guy. The nerd. Yeah. 
but that that was really cool because you know we're sitting out in the back and these guys are going through their matches and the conversations and here's where i'm ultra sensitive because like my phone's buzzing i have somebody texting me and the last thing i want to do is reach in pull out my phone because i don't want to be the guy that nobody recognizes with his phone out either trying to record something or snap pictures um i don't think that's the case i mean here's the thing when we met everybody or when i said hi to the guys i knew and i introduced you um it's it's almost like a stamp of approval okay you know what i mean like they're like okay he belongs back here he, he's not just some guy walking around because people aren't going to recognize you they don't they don't know you but they're like oh that's that's Peter unless Bubba. you're unless you're bubba ray <laughs> yeah who <laughs> thinks he knows you but you know that could have just been him saying that and then you end up being like this big time star of something and he's like yeah 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 i knew you so maybe he was just bluffing you you know what i mean boy that takes a lot of wind out of myself that makes me a little sad, Pete. I'm not I gonna said look. a big star, all right? Like, <laughs> like famous. Like, uh, anyways, okay. I just thanks. Let's just stop right there. Okay, so yeah. um, no, I don't think they would have. It would have mattered if you brought out your phone, as long as you're not like holding it up, making it look like you're like taking a picture of somebody. Then they would probably look at you awkwardly. But if you had it down and you're, I mean, it's cell phones nowadays. Who doesn't have one? If you walk around the mall anywhere. People constantly have their heads down on their cell phones. And more at the wrestling show, you probably didn't see it a lot because, I mean, there's no place in your tights to put a cell phone. At least I don't think. Well, they, they have a place for black brass knuckles, right? <laughs> well, what's this? He's pulling out a foreign object. Oh, it's his cell phone. <laughs> He's texting someone. Yeah. Oh, that's coming next. <laughs> we'll see that on, on Raw or SmackDown. We, we, we came up with it, right? We're the originals? Yeah. yeah. Oh, he hit him with the cell phone, the flash on his camera. Oh, that would have been even better. No, that was it was it was really cool. And I, I wanted to talk about this for a little bit because it's something that I, normal people do not get to do. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it was it and you know what? The my mark out moment of the night, Colt Cabana. Yes, yes. Colt Colt's a He's a really solid dude, and he 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 stuck. He didn't have to, but he stuck around and talked with us for quite some time. Absolutely. And I didn't know what he was doing. Like you heard me ask him, like you know, what are you doing tonight? Usually that's a thing. Like what are you doing tonight? Like mm-hmm. what match? Are you, all that kind of stuff. And he's like, dude, I do commentary now. And I'm like, sweet man, it's about time because he's really good on doing commentary. Right. Like that's the color part of it. Good one liners and everything. Um, yeah, really good dude. And he really wants to wrestle again, at least there, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. What I kind of heard without being eavesdroppy. Well, I mean, you know, he still does indie shows and all that kind of stuff, and they'll rotate him back in. This is what – it's just part of the wrestling business. Like, he'll do commentary for a while. And I I almost guarantee you – and I don't know anything about what's going on in Ring of Honor, what, you know, the office has planned for storylines, but I guarantee you they'll pull an angle sometime in the future – where Colt Cabana, Colt Cabana wrestles again, and it's it'll be huge because he you know takes the announcer headset off and he's back at it. So it's all set up for a reason. What? Who was the guy that was at the gorilla position? Oh, B.J. Whitmer. You the, the guy I was talking to. For yes, a while? you were. You have actually told a story about him on the podcast. 
I did? Yes, I think. And you actually you was. What it was? Oh, yes. And we talked about <laughs> Yes. And it was yes. like a week or two beforehand without knowing he was going to be there, right? Yeah. Um, man, I don't even know how it got brought up. I don't either. Uh, oh, but he remembered that whole thing. <laughs> thing yeah it was it was when we we're talking about all ego ethan page and we had to sleep in his parents basement mm-hmm. yeah bj whitmer was was the guy that was there and uh flip kendrick and uh lewis london uh our brothers and flip kendrick decides to take the couch <laughs> like it's a sectional so i had half the couch he had the other half and then i'm looking at bj who's standing behind him like is this dude really on the couch right now? He has no seniority to be up here. <laughs> but knowing BJ, he's probably not going to say anything until push comes to shove. And luckily, I said something first. And, uh, yeah, I just went up. Man, I was about to beat their ass. That's what he was saying at the show. What, yeah. what was What's BJ's background out of curiosity? that not, It was kind of cool finally to put a face to a story. But I yeah. I don't know much about his background. Um, he's always, when I first met him, I, it was like, I don't know, 2000 and let's say four mm-hmm. for this story. I don't know. And, uh, I, it was for IWA Mid-South and IWA Mid-South used to book everybody like guys, like they were hardcore wrestling. It was ran by Ian Rotten. It was hardcore wrestling, but Ian was also smart knowing like, Hey, I just can't do a bunch of hardcore wrestling. I'll have like one hardcore match on the show. But I'm going to build it around, like, good technical wrestling. And that, that's why, like, there's a picture out there where we're doing a Ted Petty. Uh, is it Ted Petty? Yeah. Ted Petty Invitational of 2004. And, like, in the pictures, like, you know, myself, you got Punks in the tournament, AJ, Joe, Daniel, uh, Brian, uh, Matt Seidel, Roderick Strong. Like, all guys that have went on to do bigger and better things. And we used IWA Mid-South as our stepping stone. So when I first met him, um, Alex Shelley got me into IWA Mid-South. He was really big into like, you know, I just got done college or I was about to get done college. I had to finish my school. Scott Moore said, you know, don't do a lot of traveling till you're done your schooling. And, but then Alex Shelley was like, hey, man, I could get you booked places. And Alex Shelley's just like that. He, he, if he sees good talent, he'll try to get you in the places that he works. Mm-hmm. So he's like, yeah, I got this place down in Kentucky. Um, all right. And the first time we went down there, um, they ended up canceling the show, but we were almost there. So we had to try to find shows in the area. So that, that was pretty cool. And, uh, the, the first time I was actually booked and I was able to wrestle, it was against BJ Whitmer. And I knew nothing about him or anything like that. At the time he had long hair, ponytail and stuff like that. And, uh, um, you know, he kind of knocked me loopy. He's, he's kind of like a heart, like a strong style type of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but for a while we were like married to each other and by married to each other it's like every time that i worked at I- iwa mid-south i'm wrestling bj like we had like a feud going on like i would win and then he would win and we go back and forth and then my when i won the iwa mid-south heavyweight title i beat him for it and we and then after that we never really worked each other anymore so that's when i first initially you know kind of i don't want to say relationship with him but that, that's when we first kind of bonded you know and like became boys so he, he's been like ring of honor um you know lots of like iwa mid-south and stuff like that he's been around for a while his career i don't know he might 18 20 years if i was still wrestling 
I would have, I would have like 17 in by now or something like that. So he's been around for probably like 20 years or so. Good worker, good solid worker, and uh, he's been with ROH for for a while now. Last when I got released by TNA and I did my ROH stuff in '09, you know, he he was there again. Wow. That that was pretty cool to meet him. I'm trying to think anything else. Uh, I was. Were you a little starstruck with Cody Rhodes? I mean, that no. I, uh, I I've worked with Goldust. Like he was with TNA forever, and uh, you know I was with Team Canada, and he was doing whatever gimmick he was doing. So we had a, we had a long feud with him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and Cody Rhodes, I like he's a good worker and stuff like that. I just I never physically met him before, so. Uh, when I introduced myself, you know, it, it was cool that, you know, he knew who I was. I, I think that's always cool. And obviously he knew that I knew who he was. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a quick, short greeting and stuff like that. And now, you know, I don't have to worry about next time I see him, I go, nice to meet you. I could just say, good to see you. Good to see you again. Good, good to see you. Pete, Pete Williams. Good to see you. Good to see you. Yeah, good to see you. No, it, like I said, it was it was phenomenal, a, a really fun. Uh, I suggest everybody find a wrestling fan or a wrestling friend to take them places where they're not allowed to go. Because, yep. uh, man, yeah, and and it, like you said, it was really cool that you that I did not embarrass you. That was job number one was not to embarrass you. No, you did, you did great. I mean, have, have, you, have you have good bat. It's almost like you were a vet backstage with yeah. your etiquette. Have you it's almost ever, like you knew how to act, and I didn't even prepare you. And then I kind of said, "Oh, you know what? I should probably give you some pointers." <laughs> and uh, I think I think one pointer that I think most wrestling fans or people that aren't used to backstage etiquette would would get wrong is you wouldn't necessarily go up to let's say you, you wouldn't go up to me and say, "Hey, Petey, nice to meet you." Or, hey, Petey Williams, nice to meet you. Just because you don't know if that's what you want to be called. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you would never go up to Sabu and say, hey, Terry, because his real name is Terry. Hey, Terry, nice. To, like, he likes to be called Sabu. So you just, that's why you're always just, like, you say your name, say, nice to meet you, introduce yourself, and they'll give you the name back that they, they want you to use. You know? So, I mean, it's just little things that you don't even think about. But it, it could get you wrapped up. Like, who's this? Who's this guy? You know? And I think I did that because, um, and I just for the sake of keeping everything, you know, on the up and up. Uh, you know, when Colt walked by, he gave me his real name, and it threw me off just a little bit because he was kind of wearing a hat, and I know his voice, I know Colt, and I I didn't know if he'd be there or not. And he and he said his name, and I'm like, oh hey, good to meet you, and. And he walks away. I go, boy, that guy looks a lot like Coke Cabana. And you're like, yeah, <laughs> dummy, it, it is Coke Cabana. <laughs> yeah, the the whole the whole real name threw you off. Yeah, I mean, it, it depends, man. Like, it it just depends. I, and I think the one guy I left going, boy, I want to be best friends with him was Chris Saban. That guy is cool as hell. Yeah, dude, he's so down to earth. And what's good is, I mean, I probably haven't talked to Saban since like. I don't know, like last time I was at Ring of Honor, like in person, mm-hmm. which is, I don't know, like a year. And 
well, you've seen us interacting. It's almost like we just picked up where we left off, which is good. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. that you, that you can just pick up and be like, hey, you know, what's up? And um, even what's really cool, like I think the biggest kick I got out of seeing somebody there that was unexpected, I wasn't expecting them to see see them there. Do you know who it was? Let me guess. Um, who would it be? Um, that's a tough one. Because, I was not expecting them to be there. Uh, not expecting. Well, it can't be Jay Lethal because you were expecting them to be there, right? Yeah, and I, I, he was busy with his match. I didn't get to talk to him that much, but yeah, right. I was expecting him. Not a guy that's not under, doesn't work for Ring of Honor or anything like that. Just hanging out backstage. Oh, I, I, you know what? Yep. You're, you're right. I'll let you. I'll let you do this because you you. I I was blown away and holy cow he has muscles on top of his muscles. Yep, thank you. I appreciate that. Oh oh okay, yep. you're talking about. Um, yeah, no, Monty Brown, man, Monty. <laughs> when I saw him, like, yes, Monty Brown. He's like, Petey, I was gonna text you, man. I I thought you'd be coming to the show because you're so close, but I wasn't sure. And man, I love seeing him at shows. I, he he's just a really, really good dude. If you ever, you know, meet him, he's, he's generally a nice guy. And even afterwards, he was like, hey, like, you know, we went out for uh, dinner, came back, kind of watched a little bit more of the show. And he was kind of sitting in the back uh, against the wall. And Petey, come over here, watch the show with us. Yeah, All right. You know, and when he was like, Let, let's take a picture. Petey. Okay, OK, let's take a picture. Yes. You know? Really, really good dude. I got to take that picture, by the way. Yes, I recognized your your camera work. That it, is your camera work. It was yes. very good flawless. Job. Yeah. I've been working on that, believe it or not. And, and what is he doing now? He's just hanging out, going to shows, right? Yeah, and even when he was with uh, um, TNA, like under contract and stuff, he still had clients. Yeah, he's a personal trainer. He still has clients and stuff like that. So um, he's always doing that. Like he's always – but he's not – I don't think he's wrestling. He might do a couple spot shows here or there or – couple run-ins do a pounds depends probably if the money's right or maybe if you're he's friends with a promoter mm-hmm. um but I, I don't think wrestling i think he likes watching wrestling kind of like i do you know or i just like just like watching wrestling and talking about it and everything um but i, I don't think he has he's we never had this conversation but i just think he has no interest making wrestling his you know his bread and butter his lifestyle anymore I think he has too much going on probably in the, the personal training world. You know, you, you had told me he doesn't watch football anymore. And if you, you know, as, as you educated me, he had a football background. So, yeah. So it's good. the reason why I said that is because uh, I didn't want you to start bringing up football or whatever. Just because, yeah. you know, the former, what, New England Patriot and Buffalo Bill, I think he. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I just don't want you bringing it up and stuff because, I mean, he hates it. And I, I brought it up to him. You know, back when in in the TNA days, because mm-hmm. um, you know our catering at TNA was like horrible. Oh my god, it, it wasn't horrible. I, I shouldn't say horrible. I mean, they gave us catering, but we would make jokes when we're eating catering, and we're like, "Hey, Monty," it was like, uh, "Is this better catering than they had in the NFL?" And he would just kind of laugh and be like, "Oh yeah, for sure." Because you know NFL catering is probably like immaculate. It's a five star restaurant. Exactly. So he's probably eating that stuff. Like, what's going on here? But he, you know, never complained. All that kind of stuff. And uh, um, I asked him. I said, 
you know, I, I can't remember. I was like, who do you got uh, winning the AFC championship this year or whatever? And he's like, I don't know. I'm like, what do you mean you don't know? You got the – and I named two teams, and he's like, I don't know. I'm like, you don't watch football? He's like, nope, don't watch it anymore. Which makes sense. I mean, yeah. you know, some wrestlers, they just – they don't. They. I know when I was in TNA. I mean, that's when I was totally detached from the WWE product. Like there was like a good few years there. I had no idea what was going on. Maybe except for a couple top storylines, but I had no idea what was going on. So you tend to when you watch or when you're in wrestling, you don't tend to watch it just because you're you kind of want to break from it. Now it's the opposite for me, where I'm not in it. So yeah, I'll watch it. I'll get my wrestling fixed that way. In Monty, and this kind of leads into a, a Randy Orton tweet, by the way. But you know, Monty was saying he did a show with uh, eight thousand people. Oh yeah, um, yeah. For uh, Joe Bird, Xavier Justice, who I've worked for a bunch of times, he never drew no thousand people. And yeah, when he he must have had some sort of good sponsor or something to sell out those tickets. But a thousand bucks or a thousand tickets thousand people at an indie show phenomenal i mean yeah that that's a that's a good that that's a success right there what's the biggest indie show you've been to uh depends what country i mean i've been you know ten thousand people in italy which is considered an indie show i mean i, I wrestled aj styles when he was still uh the nwa tna champion um, before they had the they got rid of the nwa name it's back um, by the way did you hear yeah, Billy Corgan bought the NWA name, which is – that's smart on his behalf. Just the name, not the library, but – Yeah, the, the library, I think – WWE probably already has that. Yeah, I, I would think, but I don't know. Yeah, because he couldn't buy that. The library itself, cause all those like Ric Flair, geez. You get all the Ric Flair footage and stuff like that. WWE probably already bought that or most of it or I don't know who owns it. Who knows? Well, people probably know, and I, I just don't know. Um yeah, but, I mean, that's smart because if you think about it, uh, like when Jeff Jarrett started NWA TNA, he had to buy into the NWA name to use it. So maybe – I know Billy Corgan, he started that um, – what was it called? Revolution Pro Wrestling in Chicago. But I don't think he has a hand in it anymore. But I think if he's you know a smart businessman, I think he's thinking, let me get the NWA name. And I could start using that because mm -hmm. everybody knows the NWA name. Right. And I could start branching out or doing whatever. I, I already have the groundwork laid, so I don't have to worry about the groundwork because that's the hardest part, getting a name out there. Now that I have the name, I can build it on top of that. So that's a smart business move on his on his part. I would love to I would love to see that. I you know, because like I'm I'm we're I grew up in the south, you're Canada, the south of Canada, right? Mm -hmm. So you're you're hillbilly Canadian. I'm hillbilly Canadian. Yep, almost American. I'm so hillbilly Canadian. <laughs> but but the you're a hundred percent correct. You the NWA name is uh, it may have been bigger than the WWF at one time. It, yeah, it probably yeah, is for sure. And to have his fan base, I think that could be a good mix to revive it. How big it could be, I don't know. I'd love to see him keep the old NWA WCW feel to it. Yeah, I mean, who know, who knows what Billy has in store? I mean, I'm sure he's got other guys 
that are going to have to help him. Like he's going to have to build, you know, like an office pretty much like with writers and all that kind of stuff. He won't be able to do it all by himself. Um, but you know, I, I know Billy's a good businessman. He wouldn't have got where he is today with a smashing pumpkins. If he wasn't, can you call him to see if we can work for him? Um, yeah, sure. Cool. Man, I appreciate it. <laughs> you want to be a, you want to be a commentator? No, I, I want to be, you'd be, a, you'd be like my wife on commentary. Like, Oh, look at that move an arm drag. You don't even know what's called an arm drag. It looks like he's, dragging a dead body by the arm what's that called yeah oh man he just did a flippy thing yeah exactly <laughs> i guess i'd love to hear you on commentary i do i bet you i would be horrible but not as bad as you think no you, you'd be you'd be okay because you got the boys for it and i think you'd pick and choose your moments yeah exactly i'm smart enough to not overextend myself Ex- yep what you hit the nail on the head right there uh, let's let's talk some current WWE project before we wrap this up and send everybody home semi happy. Uh, did you did you see this Randy Orton thing that came out earlier? Uh, like on Twitter? Yeah. Or re- refresh my memory and I'll tell you if I saw it. Puts out a post just knocking the indie scene. I mean, what can you do? I, uh, what, what did he say again? Do you remember? Like, can you? Yeah, I got it right here. Okay. Sorry to the indie marks, indie guys and old timers who do dives and took offense. I uh, just having a good time over a few drinks in Denmark, closing down SmackDown Live tour while beating Raw with over $5 million in the last 11 shows. Now, I know to some that doesn't equal uh, equate to a standing room only crowd of 150 people paying $8 at an armory somewhere. But in the big boy world, it's called putting asses in seats. So enjoy your flips, dives, and 20 super kicks per match to each their own. I'll go dive back into my 13th title run and get ready to flip with my bank statements that when it comes this month. Headlock. I, I, I don't even know where to start with that. Why? Um, when, when you're at the top of the mountain, why take shots? Yeah, I mean, I don't think John Cena would ever do that. If if anything, like, okay, let's face it. John Cena is the top of the mountain, you know? Right. He just is. He, his merchandise, his anything. He, he's been championships held. He, he's been on top longer than, like, Hulk Hogan, mm-hmm. you know, The Rock, Stone Cold. Maybe not as popular as those guys, but he's been the top of this bit, like the WWE for a very, very, very long time. And he would never take shots like that. If anything, you know, he likes guys that came from the indie scene, like the Kevin Owens, who he wanted to work with, that, you know, do that flippy stuff and power moves and whatever and can go. I don't know. I don't know what he's what Randy's trying to to prove with this. Maybe he's just thinking, like, um, everybody's killing the business out there, which, you know, I've seen people – do my Canadian destroyer move in the middle of the match without even teasing it. And they wonder why isn't it getting the reaction that PD gets? Cause they, they, they just don't know how to utilize it properly. Mm-hmm. You know, you got this weapon and you don't know how to shoot it. You know what I mean? So, um, I, I think he's just taking jabs at that. Maybe he's seeing his diamond cutter in the middle of a match. And he's like, these guys are killing this business and stuff like that. And part of it is true. I mean, I've seen some any matches, and I've done some seminars, and I, you know, my seminars, I'll say, okay, put together a five-minute match. That's what I'm looking for, so on and so forth. And I've seen, like, two dudes before. I don't 
know how much training they've had, but the match was literally like they locked up. Um, one dude did like five power moves, pinned him, kicked out, and then the other dude did five power moves and then pinned him. And I, we're like, do you think that's what wrestling is? Wow. I mean, that's that's a uh, an extreme circumstance, like a extreme scenario. But a lot of guys, they 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 can do the moves. They are super athletic, but they just don't know how to place it properly to get the effect that it needs. Like AJ Styles, for example, he's phenomenal. He could do anything in the ring. He could go out there and flip for an hour, but he doesn't because he's smart. He knows how to make things mean something. So I don't know if Randy's just trying to take it and dig at that. And it just comes off as like just being a real dick, I guess. But no, he doesn't have to bury the whole independent scene and just put himself over. I mean, that's that's a little bit too far. Yeah, that when you were at the top of your mountain, when you were an X division champion at TNA Wrestling back then, which was you know one of the top televised promotions out there, could mm-hmm. you have ever imagined knocking anything like that? No, and I wouldn't. I mean. It's just there's there's no place for it. It's just I I don't I've never really thought like hey I'm better than this person or anything like that because you know I can look at wrestlers a bunch of them and I could pick out like the best qualities in all of them that I, that I don't have and I'm like man I wish I had that quality from that person maybe they do everything else like like poop <laughs> but that quality is really really good. And I wish I had that, and maybe I don't. So I, I could see that in people, and I don't know why. You know, you just have to look at, you know, the negatives and everything. Like, I, I don't know. I, I remember watching Neville, like, way back in the day, and he had, like, no build, no nothing. He could flip forever. He, he was just, I think, getting into wrestling and stuff like that. But I didn't look at, like, man, look at this guy. He's got no build. He sucks. Like, whatever. But I was like, no, man, this guy's. This guy can flip, like, if you got a build on him, he could be really good and all that kind of stuff. So I just like looking at the positives in, in people and instead of, like, harping on their negatives. I mean, there's no – it doesn't really make sense to do that at all. I had someone tweet me a question, PD, uh, this week, and I thought I would ask it to you. And I wish I could remember the guy's name who tweeted at Williams and at Dennis77FarrellPlug. Um but he asked me to ask you, do you ever feel like TNA could get the full band back together? Like, do you think, and you don't know these guys and you haven't talked to them, but this is just your opinion. Could you ever see AJ Styles go from WWE champion back to maybe coming to save, and you, you might be able to speak on his character, but back to save TNA? Uh, you know, Jay Lethal coming back home. Some of these great TNA stars that have blown up in the WWE. Could you ever see some of them coming back home to try to save TNA when their contracts were up? Um, that'll probably. I mean, that would be awesome. I mean, that'd be the TNA would have a like. Whew, it would be awesome if they did that. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't think it would just never happen. TNA doesn't have the budget for it. Um, it, it's something that people could dream about for sure. That'd be awesome. I just don't think it could ever happen. If AJ came back, 
a lot of these guys they didn't even really start at TNA. like Jay Lethal. He started at Ring of Honor, and he kind of uh, blew up more in TNA. Mm-hmm. You know, then he went back to Ring of Honor as a big superstar. Um, you know, somebody like CM Punk, he started in Ring of Honor. He went to TNA because back in the day you can work for Ring of Honor and TNA. They didn't put the kibosh on that until, oh, I don't know, maybe like a couple of year, like a couple of years into my run, so like maybe 2006 or something when they started getting their TV show and TNA was trying to get exclusive rights to our likeness and all that stuff. So we could used to be able to do both. So Punk was doing both, and then you know he blew up in uh, in WWE. I just don't think any of those guys would would come back. Maybe I mean. A lot of XWWE guys have come to TNA, yeah, but true. I want to say almost, not all of them, but a good majority of them have went back to WWE. I mean, look at Rhino, Christian, Kurt Angle. Um, those are just three I think of off the top of my head, but there, there's been more. CM Punk intrigues me because he's a guy I kind of want to hate, but I don't think I do. Like... It, if I were to think about what he did, here's a guy, and I, I think this is what draws a lot of heat for him. And look, he's never been liking the fame and, and the fans. And that's all right. To each their own. Some people love sitting around signing autographs. Other people, it's a job. They want to do it. They want to go home. I will never knock anybody for that. But here's a guy that did it his way and did not let a company hold him under his thumb and he left and and totally detached himself and I'm not sure there was anybody that truly loved wrestling more than that guy. No, I mean he did it great. Uh, and people still in some arenas chant his name. Right. And who who and how long has it been? It's been 3 years? It's maybe 4? Possibly. It's been yeah. a while. Yeah. You know, I mean his UFC career didn't turn out like it, it should have and or it, not that it should have turned out that way, but as he had hoped, I, I really didn't think he had a chance in the UFC. I don't think I mean, anybody he had really no did. previous training at that level. I could see guys like Brock Lesnar because you know NCAA Division One champion in amateur wrestling. Um, you know those guys that have that background prior to coming in WWE. Just it's it's not even the same category. I don't even know why people kind of link. UFC and WWE together because they're two separate things. Totally different. Yeah, two totally different. Um, yeah, no, but Punk. I mean, I enjoyed his work in Ring of Honor and in WWE. I mean, he was great. I, I liked watching him on on WWE. Um, it was intriguing television. You didn't know what he was going to say. Um, that's something you don't see anymore do you, uh, on their product. Do you have a cool Punk story? Not really. I mean. Except for, you know, that one time he didn't want to take the Canadian Destroyer. I don't know if I already told it on this podcast. Um, you, you did. I did? Okay. <laughs> you, you, you he just, just said... thought it was stupid and he didn't want to take it. I'm like, dude, I don't care. I'm like, what do you want to do then for the finish? Like, you don't, you don't have to, you don't have to say, like, you don't have to say that to me. Okay. You think my move's stupid. Like, you know, I think you're like hammerlock into a DDT is stupid. Why are you hammerlocking me like that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, you're kind of like, look at Petey's a little angry. Like, why are you call my move stupid? Is, stupid. Just, I just think like this is professional wrestling. All moves are stupid. A body slam is stupid. You can't pick somebody up like that. 
and body slamming real life. Not not somebody of like your equal, you know, size and stuff. You can't. Crab. You can't give somebody a regular pile driver in real life. Who's gonna stick their legs up like that for you? Who? I mean, all it's. Come on. I want to get in a fist fight. Stupid. I want to get in a fist fight one day and put him in like a figure four leg lock with somebody. <laughs> See, some of those submissions work. Like you know, like he used to play around with your buddies and you know wrestling and stuff like that. But they, you have, they have to actually cooperate somewhat to get him in a figure four or a sharpshooter or something like that. I mean, those those moves can legit hurt if you wrench on him. What? It's just. To get him in there, you'll never see it. And that's why you don't see it in the UFC because it's, like, so impractical. Off the top of our heads. I mean, yeah. this is this is impromptu. And maybe later we'll do a, a better version of this. Let's each come up off the top of our heads as we close this podcast out with our five favorite finishing moves, whether it's a submission or what. It, and it, it just aesthetics that looks amazing. It doesn't have to be practical. Like, some of them are practical. Then there's others that for whatever reason you love it, but it would never hurt anybody in real life. Ooh, that's good. You, would you know. like me to go first to give you a second to think about it? Um, jeez. I mean, I, I think of moves like, like the 630. Wow. I mean, that's just only a handful of people can probably do that move. That's why I think it's so spectacular. Instead of doing a 450 or doing an extra rotation, mm-hmm. that's, that's pretty crazy. Um, I don't know. Like moves. Let's see. I think my number five, being five to one, would be okay. the torture rack. I, for whatever reason, growing up, <laughs> I loved seeing Lex Luger throw someone in the torture rack. Yeah. You know, we should probably put like an era on this because, like, like a DDT, like back in Jake the Snake, like oh, when he did it, Jake that did was it probably best. one of my favorite moves. The, now, the swing and leg DDT, that was great. I mean, now, but though now it's, I don't. But I think you could still. I don't mark do, out for it, you know? You could, oh, come on. Still. Like, no, no, not, no, not, not his DDT. Okay. I mean, when I see a regular DDT. No, but like I think you could. DDT. I think you could put the caveat on there of Jake the Snake's DDT or Blank's, you know. Yeah. Oh, the pounce, Monty Brown's pounce. Oh, I used to love taking it too. Maybe, maybe it should be like top five moves I like taking. How about that? Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Can you think of five? Yeah, I like taking the pounce. All right. Why? That was cool. To, um, just like because you knew he was gonna launch you. Mm-hmm. And it just and then to watch it back after, you're like, oh yeah, man, you really launched me on that one, you know? <laughs> and I, I just thought it was fun to take because you could go anywhere. Like, you don't know, like, you're standing there, you're running, he comes from the side and just hits you, and you go flying. <laughs> I don't know. It was fun. All right. Um, I like taking my own move, the Canadian Destroyer. Who puts you in your own move? Oh, man, who hasn't? Uh, let's see. Who did I do? Oh, Austin Aries did, most recently, probably. Really? Of Honor, we did that. Um, and I kicked out on one. We, we tried something new. Like, I hulked up, and, like, you can't beat me with my own move. That, oh, that was that was a fun time. That's very uh-huh. interesting. Uh, what else did I like taking? Uh, Styles Clash. I like taking that. I mean, that was easy to take, and for the reaction it, it got. Um. Yeah. That. Oh, the black hole slam. The, Do you know what move I'm talking about? No. Tell me. It's Abyss's black hole slam. Okay. Um. You kind of run at him. He kind of. 
you, you run at him face to face and he kind of picks you up towards his side but he like he'll spin with you oh yes it's it's and then slam you down mm-hmm. that was so fun to take because the lighter the guy the more he can like really throw you out there and spin you and just love taking that move um one that i took that i didn't enjoy taking um was the steiner screwdriver do you remember that move? I do. Oh my gosh! He, he picks you up like a suplex. Yep. And then he drops kind you on of the back of the head. Drops you into like a, a tombstone pile driver where he sits on his ass. Mm-hmm. But when he told, like, we were doing, like, it was one of our, my last matches in TNA, and I was like, "Hey, Scotty, what do you want to do for the finish? Steiner recliner? Or like what?" And he goes, "Steiner screwdriver." And I'm like, "No, okay, stop joking around. Seriously, what do you want to do?" And he's like, "What? You don't think you could take it?" And I'm like, uh, do you think you could give it to me? And he's like, yeah, I can give it to you. He's like, let me practice picking you up. So I'm like, all right. But he just like blew out his knee before he had the ACL. Uh, um, or maybe it was just after he had his ACL repaired. But he had a knee brace on. So he picks me up for the Steiner screwdriver. We land, and it looks good, but it killed my shoulder because his knee brace, part of it was metal. Oh. And I was just like. Oh man, I saw the chiropractor, the backstage chiropractor after that, and he, you know he's a crock. He doesn't even work. He's oh, I just feel better now. It's, no man, just get out of here. But yeah, that that killed me. That killed my shoulder. That's one I didn't like taking. Was that was there any others you hated? Just when they brought it up, you cringe. You're not gonna say no because I I don't know. I think you've said no maybe once or twice from what you've told me, but you're not going to tell anybody um, no. But is there one guy that you're like, uh Um, I don't think so. I was, I was pretty comfortable in taking most moves. If I didn't want to take it, I wouldn't. And, I, you know, I'm a pretty light dude. Like, even like uh, the border toss, you probably don't remember that one, but Sean Hernandez would pick you up like yep, razor's edge. I remember and that. And then just throw you. And I'm like... All right, we'll just take care. And he did. He took care of me. I landed straight on my back. But I've seen some guys take it brutally, like, and they don't land right and stuff. I'm and like, they oh, skip. I don't want to take that. But um, another one I liked taking was, and it wasn't even a finishing move. And I always try when I worked low key. Mm-hmm. I always tried getting it in our match. I don't even think he planned to do it, but I'm like, hey man, can I take the black magic today? And it was, it, was, it just looked cool. Like when I first saw him do it, I was like, oh, that's that, that's such a cool move. And I wanted him to do it to me, you know, and I like thought of spots to like get into it to make it look even better. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just like pretty much you're, you're, you're on one knee and then he runs at you kind of, you just got to look up black magic by low key. He like kind of jumps over you with one leg cause you duck under like you like, you're like saying like, ah, he missed me with a kick, but then he hooks his other leg with your leg and then he comes back and hits you in the back of the head. It was like super cool. I don't know. I marked out for that move. So wow. I'd put that in one of my top 10 or top five. All right. And it's not even a finishing move. I just, I thought it looked super impressive. I think one day I want you to, to get me in a wrestling ring and not slam me around, throw me around. Oh yeah. I'll I, beat the crap out of you. I got no problem with that, man. No, thanks. But oh, is that, was that, is that what you're asking? Or you asking I know. Something? I just, I, I've never been in a ring. I'd like to get oh, in yeah, one more at sure. once and just, just learn a little bit. Not that I'm a professional wrestler or even going to pretend, but I just, I just, we all have had that dream of stepping in the squirrel squared circle, and I just, I want to try it once. Well, I'll tell you, like my first day, um, for whatever reason, I didn't do any bumps. I just worked on chain wrestling, which is like you know your lockup, 
like multiple repetitions of that headlock, you know, the arm ringer, the mm-hmm. hammer lock, um, the waist lock, just stuff like that. Just stand, and I was outside of the ring doing it. And then my second day, you're pretty much just learning how to take bumps. I mean, that's what it is. And you are so sore. You don't, the last thing you learn is how to like punch pretty much. Um, so it's not what you think. Like I thought it would be like, okay, you kind of learn how a match would progress. Like, oh, you know, lock up, headlock, shoot the guy off the ropes, you know, all that kind of stuff. But really you're just learning how to bump first, how to fall without hurting yourself. Um, it's, it's different than what I thought when I first stepped in the ring. So I don't want you to, I could bump you around in the ring, teach you how to bump. I, but, I, I uh, might tell you like what, man, it. you're going to be sore. You know, I mean, this is when I was young, too. I was like, what, 18? Where I can recover quick? <laughs> you know, so don't plan on doing anything for the next month. I don't now, so it's great. <laughs> but I think I'd like to try it. But I think my ultimate dream would be a manager. I want to bring back the old school manager. I think, I think that's what wrestling is missing now. The old school male manager? Yes. Yeah, and I mean, like, you know, they kind of have it with Paul Heyman, and it's good. They got one on the show, at least. So it actually means something. There we go. Yeah, I think you're right. Finally won, at least. Maybe we can bring them, start start the revolution of the manager. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Mail managers for everybody. There we go. All right, Pete, where can people find you? Uh, Twitter, I, Petey Williams. You can follow me at Dennis77Farrell. Go over to Facebook and like the Wrestling Perspective podcast page. That's where you can get in touch with us. We'll do videos and and chat and you know, answer your questions. We'll make sure that we're we're very accessible to you guys. Um, WrestlingInc.com, you want to go over there for your, all your news and rumors. Monday night, Matt Morgan does a podcast, uh, Raw Review. Go check that out. Every Wednesday, you might be able to catch me on the SmackDown. If not, it's uh, Glenn and Raj. They do it, so... Guys, thank you so much. We'll talk to you later.